Vitamin Dice is an actual play RPG podcast made by adults for adults. Things can get pretty rowdy around this year game table, and it is not appropriate content for children. Content warnings can be found in the episode descriptions. Welcome to Might and Merit, presented, as always, by Vitamin Dice. I am your Game Master, Valandal Man, and today, I am joined by... Well, hello there, my name is Caden Wise, and today I am playing Aldronon Baradon. Hello, I'm Connor Mann, and I am playing Katia Orsini. Hi, I'm Phoenix Ashland, and I play Errolin Lunarguard. I'm Josh, and I'm playing Joush. No Frankie slash Zadie for this episode, because they're currently driving to... A different state. A different state for a wedding. Rest in peace. So, uh, what card was pulled this time? I don't remember what card it was. But you know what the adventure is? I know what the adventure is. Set the scene for us, Volandal. You're at the guild hall of yep. Might and Merit. It's, uh, mid-afternoon... I am sitting on a table like normal. I am sitting at a bench with my cane. Aldrinon is in a very comfy chair, having some tea and reading a book. And what's Joush doing? Drinking an ale and Hell just yeah. enjoying himself, I would say. As you're sitting there enjoying yourself, there comes a knock at the door. Aralyn will hop off the table that he's sitting on and go over to the door and open it. He seems to be the one that opens the door the most often. I'm not going to stand up right now. That's a lot of work. Yeah, Erlen opens the door. You see a very tall woman in a wide-brimmed hat and traveling clothes. Lady Dimitrescu, Uwu. Hi there. Hello. My name is Misa Morris. Uh, might I come in? Oh, uh, yeah. Come on. And steps back, leaving room for her to step inside. The woman walks inside. I have a job for your guild. Well... Might we talk details? Yeah, of course. Here, come sit down. And I go over to the table where Katya is sitting, and I kind of gesture at the bench opposite her. Come sit. Sup? <laughs> Sup, dude. She takes a seat and says, Before we talk business, might I get something to drink? Yeah. Uh, what, what, you, what you thinking? Do you have anything with a bit of kick to it? Of course we do. I will be back. Thank you so much. And Erilyn kind of sauntered off towards the I, bar, leaving Katya. Based on, like, any clues, anything I can see, can I figure out what her favorite liquor is? Roll an insight check. <laughs> Natural one. Oh my god. <laughs> Erilyn, are you going to get the moonshine you started making last week? <laughs> her favorite liquor is definitely tequila one of the rarest and most expensive in talamnon because you cannot get agave plants to grow here they grow south 
in Grokvale on the other side of the Mahogran Sea. They have to be shipped here. Okay, so... Tequila would be a, a, a rare and expensive import. But <laughs> but you look at this woman and you're like, ah, this is a tequila-drinking woman. She will hate me if I bring her something besides tequila. Do we have any tequila? So did Erilyn leave to the, go to the kitchen? Is that what happened? I'm going towards the bar. Okay, so I'm going to take some effort and stand up and follow Erilyn to the bar. Oh, Connor, I suppose I should have asked you. Do you want an experience point? Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay, good, yeah. You're on the right track. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, might can I try and make an inside check? One person makes the check and that's it. I don't allow everybody to make the check. Ah, oh, very well. Okay. So, Erlen gonna... goes up to the bar and he instinctively is like, uh, can I get a mug of the normal ale that everyone here seems to like, the cheap-ish? No, 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 no. You can't serve her that. But... It's what everyone else is drinking. No, 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 no. That's not what she wants. Look, <laughs> she wants a drink with some tequila in it. How do you tell. know that? I have an eye for this kind of thing. Okay. Suit yourself. And Erlen walks back towards the table, gesturing that, like, you know, Katya's going to get it. So What's that... the name of the bartender? <sighs> Let's see. <laughs> is it Caden? No, Caden only does, he does the, the, you know, buffet <laughs> serving. Oh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. The bartender's name is Hespa Stern. All right, Hespa, fix her up a tequila drink right quick. Tequila? Yes. Are, are you paying? Yes, I will pay for it. Okay. Can you give me 15 copper farthings? Yeah. I'll put it on your tab. Look, this is a uh, this is a fancy lady we're dealing with. All right, yeah, I'll make it up fancy. Can I also get three ales, Hespa? Oh, sure, yeah. By the way, how many copper farthings did we each get from the last adventure? Yeah, I was just thinking, I was like, wait, my thing's still at 94. Well, only Erilyn, Katya, and Zadie got paid for that. Oh, that's fair. Oh, wait, yeah, that's right, because I wasn't expected to be here. If you currently have zero, you can roll a D100 and re-roll if you get single digits. Okay. 71! Then that is how many currencies you have. Cool. Oh, uh, my friend Katya is going to get you the drink because she seems to know what fancy people like. Ah, uh, well, I am not fancy people, you see. You seem kind of fancy. Uh. Is the drink ready? <laughs> uh, the drink is ready, yeah. Are the ales ready? The ales are ready. Okay, I'll take the ales. I give an Hespa ale works to... works quick. I give an ale to Baronon, and I give an ale to Joush. And then I take one for myself. Baron now has a cup of tea and an ale in both of his hands, just like <laughs> double fist. Yeah, Josh is double fist. Sipping from the ales. tea and then just chugging from the ale, just like I come and sit down at the uh, <laughs> the table and I give the lady her tequila drink. I come from a place called Brownwoods Hollow. It is a place where warriors are trained and. We take great pride in... She goes to spit out her drink. What the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, Katya, what the fuck is this? It's tequila. I cannot drink tequila. Oh, you... no, not again. <laughs> you look like you... The memories. God, horrible. Well, you look like it. You might like it. I hate tequila. Could not you have just asked what I drink? Um... Womp womp. It seems like a very bold assumption. Such an exotic drink. You Well... My bad. What can I get you then to, to make this better? What what kind of drink would you like to, you know, wash this down and get this out of your mouth with? Would you like some tea with whiskey? 
That's what I'm enjoying. Uh, a hot toddy, yes. That would be... Phew. Love a good hot toddy. Much better, yes. I've had three so far. <laughs> Fucking excellent. You have good taste. I'll be back with one of those then. Thank you. Cheers. Carolyn gets up and... Man, now I actually want a hot toddy for real now. I may actually go do that when we take a break. I made a cup of tea, but I didn't actually yeah. put whiskey in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm Joseph for a hot toddy now myself. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That does sound good. Can we take like a two-minute break so we can make one? No. I think let's get past the... The, the intro. intro. Let's get yeah. past the intro and yeah, then yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll take a quick break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can take a okay. mid-episode break anything, for, to get hot toddies. else bad happen... Or is she just, like, <laughs> mad at me now? Well, she is mad at you. There will be some consequences to that that will not be entirely obvious to you, but yeah, you, you fucked up. <laughs> You're getting Carolyn paid is going less. to go get what she wants, though, so... Well, apologies for the rude inter- interaction for my friend. You said you have a, a job for us? Yes, yes. Is that correct? Let us get down to business. I come from Bronwood's Hollow. It is well-renowned for producing fine warriors and mercenaries. But recently we have had a problem. We have been able to deal with things like bandits, other kind of monsters that have come across us. Uh, We've been able to deal with them ourselves. We are very strong people, Bronwood's Hollow. However, there has been an infestation of some kind, a nest of something that we, we cannot handle with with strength it is entirely beyond us what it might be but enough of our people have died that we decided it is time that we should get professionals at this point Erilyn comes over and like puts down her new drink do you have any descriptions of these creatures anything at all any uh even if it's just hyperbole anything might be useful in the attempt of identification of these entities um, well, many of our people that have come in direct contact with these beings, they have died. So, we have not been uh. able to collect a lot of intel, but we have had people who have been, you know, nearby or scouts who have seen them, said that they are some sort of, they are reptilian in nature, and one among us who has actually fought with them said that they were... I mean, this might be hyperbole, but we are not going to test it further. But they said that they seemed like they were impervious to weapons. Mm. Interesting. Most likely magical in base. Without magical arms, we might actually have an issue. But that might open up possibilities for more magical damage. We need further testing. However, reptilian. Is there any way I might be able to connect any dots, either by arcana or occult? You could try either, and the information that you will get will be different depending on which skill you use. Interesting. They're both the same, so let's go with occult. I'm trained in occult if you want my help. Go ahead and roll. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> Alright, so it doesn't help me, and I believe opens himself up to consequences is the result. Yeah. Hey, it makes things more interesting. That is true. Oh hey. my god. Season 18 plus 5 is 23. Okay. You can recall legends about things that might fit the bill. There are outsiders that are reptilian in nature. Anything that is a draconid, mm-hmm. dragons or drakes, those would be reptilian. In addition to that, things like cockatrice, a basilisk, 
a Gorgon. Ooh. Those oh, come to mind no. as possibilities. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Two ideas spring to my mind. One is potential draconid in nature. Far more prolific in fire-based magic. Fire defenses and offenses. The other is a little bit more demonic or on the realm of darkness. Would be very bad because they uh, turn you to stone. We'd and, be in trouble. Uh, trust me. It, yes, it is not, it's not a good thing. Demonic entities, contrary to popular belief, aren't actually weak to holy damage. They're huh. actually weaker to arcane damage, which is actually my specialty. Good to hear. There's that. Hey, Jones, are you up for another adventure? Absolutely. I think we're ready to accept. If they're resistant to weapons, how, how would we get around that? Don't you have magic? I do. Because I have magic. What about Joush? I, uh... Yeah, uh... Joush can keep us from dying, probably. Well, here's the thing. Magic is a finite resource. It can only get you so far in, in a fight. So we might need something that can bypass the natural protection of the creature in regards to magic, i.e. by finding some form of magical weapon. We might be able to find one of those along the way. I do possess an ability to locate non-magical things and by process of elimination discover things that are magical. <laughs> so if we are to find items... That could come in handy. So where do we just find a magical weapon? In tombs! Excuse me, ma'am. And then, like, Erlyn kind of, you know, awkwardly, like, waves to the woman who came in and just, do you happen to, you know, have any, like, shops in your town or anything that could help? Well, we do have shops in our town of Bronwood, yes. We do have shops. They don't happen to sell magic weapons, do they? Not that I know of. No. Dang it. Well. This really is a conundrum. We may be able to think of something along the way, too, but I don't think that we should leave this village stranded. No, absolutely not. We accept the quest. At least give it a shot. Give it the old College of Whispers try, as they say. Indeed. Or we could all die a horribly painful death, bound to a stone, to stone eternally for all of our lives. No. In a painful prison. No, that's not, that's not what we're doing. That's not going to happen. It's a possibility. Never limit yourself. I guess we better try to find a magic weapon then. Bronwood is a town of mercenaries. One of our customs is that when an adult goes out into the world to become a mercenary, they send a cut of all their earnings back to the town of Bronwood, both to take care of those who have retired, those who are not old enough yet, but also just to improve the lives of everyone who lives there. So we have been able to pull together a very sizable amount of money. Uh, we thought this would be uh, helpful considering that we have such a potentially dangerous uh, job on our hands. So we are willing to offer 4,000 copper farthing. Now I'm in. <laughs> wow. That is pretty good. I'm in. That is a good price. <laughs> money. Well spoken. Money. Well, a large sum of coin on the table. Certainty of death. Small chance of success. What are we waiting for? Okay, we're going to go hit the town that's super close to here to see if we can't get anything to help us, and then we'll meet you in your town. Our town, you might find, is better stocked than uh, whatever this small town nearby is. Then let's go to, directly to your town. Yeah, let's go there. It is possible that magical weapons have been passed from hand to hand and are just not openly displayed, so we might get lucky, who knows? It is essentially a town of well-known mercenaries. 
Indeed. There's bound to be magic weapons floating around. There is a large graveyard with many tombs. <gasps> there might a very tomb. well be people who are buried with the magic items, might just have magic items in the family, heirlooms, things like that. Uh, would you like for us to journey with you, or would you like us to meet you there? I am going to uh, depart back to my town soon. If you wish someone to guide you there, I can travel with you. That would be amazing. Can you leave within an hour? I think oh, so. Best to get my things ready. Uh-oh. Do you need to get anything, Katya? I really. Yeah. I, I just I put my crossbow on my back and I take my cane and I'm I've ready. Got everything I need. Aralyn always travels with all his stuff in his bag anyway. He doesn't really stay in one place, so he's ready already. Hot toddy break? I think, yeah, we gotta make hot toddies before we <laughs> yeah, leave. Yeah, we need, we need a, you know, a hot just... toddy for the road. Yes. So what a wonderful thing. I'm gonna see if I can find whiskey. Momentary break time. Yeah, ten Indeed. minutes. Maybe the guy only have tequila. Momentary break time. How ironic. The only thing I might have is tequila. <laughs> wow. Man, nah. these fucking pretzels own. You check out your cart and horse... Fuck yes. From the stable master. We're just going to yes. skip over that. You're on your way to town. We're going to skip over that also. Bronwood's Hollow. Hell yes. Is a, uh, a forested part of Talamnon. It is uh, closer to Lake Rison. Nice, nice, nice. So it's a forest next to a lake, so it must be foggy, right? It's currently foggy. There are big, Fuck yes. uh, there are big redwood trees. Like, Ooh. grow in uh, Northern California. Yeah. The trees here are miniature compared to some of the ones that can be found in um, Bowtie and Parasion. These ones are just like mm, five, ten feet across sometimes. That's still huge. Still pretty big, yeah, only yes. five ten to ten feet across. Well, there are, there are trees in Bowtie that can be hundreds of feet across. Oh, like drive through them with a semi truck dig. Like nice. there's a there's a city in this tree. Ah, oh, fancy. Very, very Valen wood. It's like freaking the Korok village from freaking Breath of the Wild, where they live in the Deku tree. Yeah, but like if, imagine the Deku tree was like a small tree. Yeah. So here you are in Bronwood. The trees are big relative to some trees. And there's a, a pretty standard-looking human town, the classic human town. There's a main road that's going from somewhere besides Bronwood, and it's going to somewhere else besides Bronwood. And along this main street that continues unbroken through town, there's general stores, inns and taverns, maybe only one or two of each, as well as, you know, a couple of other common businesses that people might have access to while traveling, like a blacksmith or a cobbler. Those are all places along the main street. A little further outside of the main street are a bunch of the residences, and further outside of that are, you know, ranches or farms, a graveyard, and basically exactly the same thing, the, the same type of setup as you saw in Vercombe, but this one is different mostly in, in the vegetation. But also, as you notice very quickly, in the people who are almost as a rule buff as hell. Mm. Ah, the cemetery. Who's up for robbing some graves? No. Yes. That's Wasn't that what we came here for? I think perhaps... You guys are not going to rob graves? Perhaps we should split up. The person who hired us suggested it, didn't she? They, they kind of sure did. did. Yeah. Errolin is not that. going to rob a grave. You guys can rob well, a grave. Well, is most definitely going to rob a grave. 
What are they going to do? Well, they're, they're literally just bones and dust at this point. They're, they're not using those powerful artifacts. Better the hands of the living. Yeah, Vericom had very, very specific traditions and, you know, cultural views about death and graves and that sort of thing. And that in, included burying people with their possessions and they would be offended that anybody would go and take those out. You can surmise based on the fact that the person who, who hired you already mentioned that one of the things you might do is rob the graves here, that Bronwood has very different customs than Vericombe. Then let's go robbing, boys. They have a different culture. Now, here. now, while we induct ourselves into this action. We must give as much respect as we can while rifling through their bones. Let's try and not and step on anyone's skulls. Let's be respectful of taking their possessions. Alright? Yes, grave borrowing and we'll return them when done. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but let's just not try not to disturb the bones as much, eh? We that, could that, split up. I think that's yeah. a good compromise. Erlin is slowly realizing that he still has the femur of someone from the last graveyard in his bag. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was wondering what that smell was. <laughs> He's just now realizing that he has someone else's bones. You're like, you wanted to talk. Uh, you stole the bones. That's a, that's a little fucked up. What about rolling uh, the bones? Any rush fans? No? No? All right. Uh, on that was lost on us. It's an 80s <laughs> yes. rock band, and the album was called Roll the Bones. I mean, I've heard Rush, but... Anywho. Yes, I've heard of them. Well, I like I like Katya's idea of splitting up, so... All right, who's good at investigation? I was thinking Baranon and Joush could go to the graveyard to look for a weapon. We're the perfect ones All for right, this. All right, so you two go to the then graveyard. Then you guys should split up. No, you two are the ones going to the graveyard. Yeah. Well, we'll split up at the graveyard. Uh-huh. You no. guys can... Nothing can you go guys wrong can with this plan. Do whatever you, you no, want. No, you two it. stay together in the graveyard. And I believe it's best to split up. He's walking away. Myself? I believe it's best to split up. Fucking we'll go hell. opposite end of the graveyard, and we shall go. I think what you mean to say is Erwin and I... I will go explore whatever you're going to say, not me going to go explore it. How dare you insult their intelligence? Maybe they're stupid. Okay, Joush. Yes. Do you, what are you doing? Do you know what you're doing? Josh is going to the graveyard. Yes, I'm going to the graveyard. Yes. Me, me go to graveyard. Me explore. Baranon is already halfway there. <laughs> okay, try to catch up with Baranon. Some people are going to the graveyard, and where is everybody else going? We're going to go investigate the town. To Stinky Loserville. Stinky Loserville, okay. Yep, that's exactly where we're going. Well, one of those is more exciting, so let's go to the graveyard. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Baranon, you have already begun heading towards the graveyard, and Jow has picked up a hurried pace to come and catch up to you. Baranon has been talking the entire time there, as if somebody was next to him the entire time. Just like, I expect the tombs to be exactly where... Oh, finally, oh... You took off. Oh. Uh, I thought you were by me the entire time. No. Anyway, let's take a look at the tombs first. More than likely, they'll be the easiest to access. Not, won't need to go digging up anybody. But if we have to, I mean, it can be done. I'm sure there are shovels around here somewhere. Anyway, where would you like to start? Let's go for the mausoleums. All right. Do we see any, do we see like a big mausoleum? Like what the biggest one might be? It seems as though Josh's instincts are serving him well today, because uh, as you enter the graveyard, you find that there are, in fact, no graves. And instead, there are a few dozen small mausoleums. Oh, so it's like New Orleans. 
Yeah. I love that. I love visiting the graveyards there. New Orleans. Yeah. It's so cool. It's just, it's just like a bunch of buildings and not so much like a bunch of gravestones. That's cool. So, how are you going to pick which mausoleum you would like to go into? Well, what are the choices we mm-hmm. have? Or are they all identical? No, they're not all identical. As was explained to you to some degree uh-huh. before, when people come of age in Bronwood, they go out into the world and work as mercenaries, sending some of their money back to Bronwood. One of the things that gets done with their money is it adds to the prestige of their family. And so the size and opulence displayed on a family's mausoleum is based on how many mercenaries the family had and how successful those mercenaries were. So there are almost half of the mausoleums that are not too distinct from each other. They are fairly small and lack a lot of opulent decoration. These are families that had very few or possibly no mercenaries or ones that weren't as successful as some of the other ones. And uh, the other half of the mausoleums tend to get slightly bigger to some that are nearly twice the size as the smallest ones. And they have varying degrees of gemstones or art, any kind of demonstration that that family had more prestige than other families. More opulent. Indeed. Uh, I, well. my, my gut is telling me, let's search the small ones because there's a chance that they're really? passed over by others and there could be goodies hiding within ah, their depths. Interesting. I hadn't considered that. You might be right. Let's try one at least. Yes, at least one. See what we might find. Let's get rid of this one. All right. Let's point to a random one. Yeah, a small... I don't think that we'll find any significant one, so might as well see. Uh, You take that side, I'll take this side. Are they just like... Are they like wooden doors, or are they like stone doors? The door would be wooden. Uh, I think uh, some of the smaller and less expensive mausoleums are just made of wood, where you can see that some of the more prestigious ones are actually made from stone. I see. Uh, well, probably going to be locked. Are you any good with uh, picking locks? Can't really say I'm good at it. This might be uh, brute force yes. rather than finesse. I suppose we will attempt to break down the door. I almost feel bad for this, but honestly... It's cathartic in a way, much. isn't it? Well, first, let's try. Let's just try the door and see if it's open. I'll try the door. <laughs> Among some of the less prestigious mausoleums, you see surnames such as Miller, Tanner, Boatwright, Baker, Booker. I think in context, you would pick up on the fact that a family whose last name is Boatwright, as in, you know, their family business was building boats. Yeah is a family who's less likely to have lots of successful mercenaries. They're more likely, in fact, to have people who build boats. Logic might dictate that these might be passed up, but there might be a reason for that. And that... Mm, you might be right. Just a thought. It was a good idea, but thinking about it might be a bit of a waste of time. Let's try the opulent ones! Yes, the opulent. Oh. <laughs> Large size, Uh, biggest one. Yeah, the biggest one, the biggest one. The biggest mausoleum is covered with all different types of art, lots of gemstones, lots of things are gilded with real gold, it looks like. The last name on this one declares itself to be Bane. I mean, if there's not somebody with magic artifacts in this mausoleum, I'll be very surprised. How exciting. 
Can I use insight to check for traps? From outside? No, there are no traps. Check the door. I forbid you from even rolling. Because <laughs> there's not an uncertain outcome. There's a certain outcome. There's no traps. Don't roll. I see. Fair enough. I have that power. <laughs> I have that power. Yeah, you can just decide. It's called the D1. I'm the DM, and I said so. Well, mostly I was worried about the front door. Let's try. Let's see if it opens. Uh, you find that the front door is actually unlocked. You might surmise, as a, an intelligent person, it's actually possible that people might go into the mausoleums to pay respect to people, even people who weren't part of the family. When your whole town's ethos sort of values mercenaries as like the the most honorable position, uh, even if you're not part of the Bane family, you might just want to go there to pay respect because these people are kind of the legends of your town. Fair enough. I light a torch and I enter. All right. I follow behind and I draw my nodachi. Are there any... Lamps or braziers that might be lit to give the room more light. There are oil lanterns on the inside that are currently lit. Oh. They illuminate not lots of urns uh, that are very ornate. And in the center of the room, there's, you know, a good, like, 15 feet in between any of the walls in the center. There's just a big hole in the floor. And there's a railing like, around, um, like... So if you were to cut it into eight sections, it alternates sections that have a railing and those that don't. I see. There are pitons stuck into the stone on the sections that don't have a fence. Ah, I might surmise this to be a trial. Probably some good shit down there. You gotta climb down to get it. <laughs> so let's get going. Yeah, I take my rope out and I tie it to one of the pythons. Is it pitons right. or pythons? I have no idea. And with that, let's jump to crew B. <laughs> All right, so we're going to the tavern. <laughs> yeah, we're going to ask questions there. Because we got the information that one person saw, like, a glimpse of, like, the, obviously, like, the reptilian creature. But what Erolyn is more concerned about is if there has been any unsavory people in the village itself that could potentially have a motive mm. for calling these creatures. Yeah. That's also, what... we just want to find out where they are. Yeah, that too. A motive for calling the creatures and if they have been spotted anywhere recently. Sure, sure. The first inn that you come to in the town is called the Sky Iron. Sky Iron. Let's go in the Sky Iron, dude. Okay. No, no I, you must not have heard my inflection. There's actually a space between the two words. It's the Sky Iron. I see. You have to have the long two-second pause. <laughs> the Sky <laughs> Iron. <laughs> yes. Let's go in. Yes. <laughs> how busy is it at this time of day? I don't know when we got here. Well, I didn't tell you how long the journey took, but yes. you left mid-afternoon. Uh, as it turns out, at the moment, it is uh, just after sundown. Okay. Probably a good time. Mm -hmm. And as such, the sky iron is rather busy. Okay, perfect. I am All going right. to go up to the bar and potentially ask the bartender, but I don't know what you want to do. I'll, so, I'll follow your lead. Okay. And I slowly weave through the crowd, letting out little excuse me's and pardon me's. Everybody looks at you funny when you do those. That's fine. Erolyn is weird. <laughs> <laughs> there is a, uh, a dwarven man who is standing behind the counter of this bar. Hi there. Hello. Can we get uh, two mugs of ale and also ask some questions? Sure thing. Uh... Do you want uh, the house ale or something specific? I'll take the house one. What about you, Katya? House ale. 
House ale for both Perfect. of us. Perfect. A mug of house ale is one copper farthing. Easy. And he pulls out two copper farthings and puts them down. Ah, thank you very much. I will have those right out for you. Thank you. This place is cool. I like it here. Is it? I think. All right. I suppose you're right. <laughs> I mean, I can't really argue with that. It's different. Different than, well, I mean, the town vibe is different. The town aesthetics looks like home. <laughs> Pretty much. And Erilyn is going to like lean against the bar, but look down the bar to see if anyone, just to see who's there, kind of scope out the place. No sooner do you finish that rather short conversation and begin to look around the bar, does the bartender come back with two mugs of ale. Uh, here's those are for you. Uh, you said you might want to uh, ask around. Yeah, uh, we just have a couple of questions. We're here to help out with your current, I guess the right way to put it is monster problem. Ah, you are from the Might and Merit. Yes, that's us. Yes, yes. Misa was... told me you would be coming into town. I expected to see you sooner or later. I am Edwin Baker. It's nice to meet you, Edwin Baker. What are your names? Oh, uh, my name is Erilyn. Erilyn and... Katia. Katia. How do you like the house ale? Um, it's um, good. Erilyn lifts, takes a sip, nods in approval. Yes. Pretty average. Adequate. Quite so. Not bad for one cup of wine. <laughs> um, exactly. I think so, too. It's good, yeah. So you want to know about our monster problem? Yes. Uh, any information that you have that, you know, you've gathered from the people here that you've seen or anyone that you can point us to to ask, we would really appreciate any help that we could get. Go and roll a diplomacy check with favor. Okay. 17 plus 3, so a natural 20. A dirty 20. Edwin says, Well, I uh, happen to have a drink with our town's apothecary, and it seems that the deaths caused by this, uh, this new monster have largely been one of two things, both very unusual. Oh? Many of the victims have had bite marks, but our dear physician has told me that the biting and blood loss is not the cause of the death, no. You see, there is a venom that gets injected into the victims. The ones who are still flesh when they come out. You see, some of them don't. Some of them come out inorganic, our physica has said. Can you believe it? <laughs> That's definitely problematic. How crazy is that? It's some sort of strange magic. We don't understand uh, much magic very well. Oh, goodness. He seems a little put out because he was imagining, I guess, that you would react like most of the people he's told about that of like, oh, what? What? That's so crazy and wild. And instead, you looked mortified. And so he feels like, you know, that, that wasn't the reaction he was expecting. Edwin doesn't understand that that's a, an instant like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Does the apothecary sell antitoxin? Uh... They sell antitoxin for most of the noxious herbs around here, or predators that we are aware of, but he has not been able to come up with anything specific for whatever threat we face is... Okay. They are working on something. Perhaps if you could collect some materials, they might be able to whip something up that uh, would work pretty well. Maybe we should talk to the apothecary. I think so, too. That's a really good idea. Do you know how, how complete the cure is? He doesn't talk that much detail with me, no. That's fair. Okay, well, thank you very, very, very much for of all course, the help that course. you've given. Come back if you need a room for the night or more ale. Absolutely. 
Or perhaps something stronger. <laughs> perhaps we will. And Erlen gives him a, a, like a little smile and takes another huge drink and then sets down the mostly empty cup. All right, all right. All right, Katya, let's let's go find that apothecary. All right. And so we, again, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, our way through, out of the tavern. <laughs> There's like a green leaf sign on, on one of the stores here on, on the, the main street. One that proclaims an establishment known as the Bit and Bark. Uh, this looks like the place. Suppose you're right. Let's head on in. And Aralyn leads the charge, opening the door. It's not a very big uh, establishment. You can see that in the back, there are some stores of herbs and other materials that are lit just like by a candle. And up in the front area, in front of the counter, there's a single oil lantern that is illuminating this place. There is a what to your player eyes would be a like a Middle Eastern looking person who is behind the counter of this establishment. Uh, hi. Hello. Erlen walks up towards the counter and smiles. Welcome to the Bit and Bark. What can I get for you? Hi, we're part of the Might and Merit Guild, and we're here to ask what you know about the cure for what's going on. The in reptile Keeper. creatures. Yeah, we heard from Edwin that you had been working on uh. a cure. I don't know about you, Katya, but I at least was thinking maybe we could help gather the rest of the supplies that you need for it. Oh, go ahead and one of you roll a diplomacy check. Well, uh, Phoenix, you should roll. Yeah. <laughs> 19. Oh, that's pretty good. He looks a bit abashed, and he says, well... Honestly, the cure is not really advanced very much. The only thing that I've had to go on is the wounds from the afflicted. What if I could bring you a creature? One of A them. creature alive? Maybe. That would be horrible. Please bring me a dead one. A dead one, yeah. Freshly dead would be ideal. Alright. If you could do that, yeah. I could. I could. I would have a much better chance of making some kind of anti-venom. Maybe we can find a straggler far from the nest. Uh, we could give it a shot. We're definitely not attacking the nest until we have that antitoxin. Oh, absolutely not. Wow, yeah. That that sounds really professional of you. Yeah, we'll give it our best shot and we'll see if we can't bring you one so that you can develop something while we figure out the rest of the game plan. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. I hope Baranon is having a good luck. Uh, yeah, I think this is a good time to to go to the other team. That's what I was feeling yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> Since there's no time constraint, there's no reason why you can't tie a good knot around this piton. So, um, Joush and Baranon, you are currently descending on a rope down into a tomb. There is light spilling from the oil lanterns above into this tomb below, but there appears to be a fairly big space, and light doesn't entirely reach all the edges. So you're in sort of a circle of light. I imagine I had dropped the torch that I had lit when we first entered down into the hole, so I'll pick it off the ground. Push forward. Indeed. Looking ahead, it looks <laughs> like there's a staircase up ahead. Shall I go first? Go ahead, right ahead. I'll cover the rear. All right, then. I approach into the darkness. This tomb, you are standing in... It's stone and sand that has crumbled away from the stone. It crunches softly underfoot as you walk around. This wall up ahead of you, illuminated by your torch. Essentially what it is, is it looks like a stone vault. Hmm. Do there appear to be any 
fascinating marking, perhaps depictions, words. There's essentially a mural that depicts great events from the Bane family's history. Well, it appears we are blocked by a puzzle. I love a good puzzle. It appears so. A, pu- a puzzle. So, we investigate this mural. Can I make a check to see if I have heard or can learn anything about the history of this mural that might grant us a bit of insight into what it depicts and if there might be a clue within that? Yeah, roll a society check. A society? I cannot help you there. I, all right. Oh, thank oh, God. Oh, shit. Nice. Not nice. bad. Let's go. With your good knowledge society, you recall one of the tales that seems to be depicted from this mural. In it, the oral tradition of the tale, uh, you don't recall it exactly, but in some context in this story, there was somebody who asked the family member to show me only wealth and confused the hell out of this family member. They ended up never figuring out what it was supposed to be. It's a sort of riddle. Show me only wealth. Well, wealth is highly subjective, depending on who you might ask. Is wealth the material components one carries at all times? Is wealth knowledge? What is wealth? What indeed? Show me only wealth. Money would be too obvious. Indeed. I suppose something that's precious to us. Yeah, that's what I'm on board with. Something that's precious to us. The thing that's most precious to you. The wealth that one holds. Perhaps something that's deeply personal. I will say also, since you have a good amount of light, there do seem to be some trinkets and other objects owned by the family that are in here. It seems uh, nobody has removed them from here for one reason or another, but you do get the sense that the big stuff would be in the vault and maybe just like the the little stuff is in Mm -hmm. here. Joush is going to take out his war hammer, which was gifted to him by his father before he became a mercenary, and place it on the ground in front of the door. Baranon will take a small stone tied in cord, and it's sort of like a dark obsidian rock, and he takes it from around his neck. Uh, None of you have asked him about his past at all, so you don't know what this is personally, but uh, it's very personal to him, and he puts it on the ground. Perhaps that's... Nothing happens. Ah, well, it was worth a try. Interesting. Takes the necklace and puts it back on. You know what? Fuck it. Josh takes a, like, a small little coin purse and fills it up with some copper farthings and plops it down on the ground in front of the door. I'll take 20 copper farthings out of my own purse and I'll place it on the ground as well. You see uh, some light of uh, magical effect and the money disappears. (laughs) Well, shit. And then nothing happens after that. Oh, nothing happens. Ah, fuck. Do we have to get get rid of all of our wealth, do you think? Josh just dumps out his coin purse onto the ground. Yeah, I just throw out all of my coins. <laughs> um, there's another uh, quick flash of magic and all the money disappears, but nothing happens. <laughs> well, what do you want from us? God, it's like a land... Sh- it's like a... Uh, what is that? Lords of the land. Lords of the land, yes. What more does it want from us? I literally have nothing else on me, aside from my mana crystals, and I feel like we definitely need those. Do you want my magic crystals? Honestly, I don't want to do that. I've already given away one. (laughs) Uh, 
let let me uh, suggest that you uh, try to figure out the solution before you just keep throwing away your belongings. <laughs> just for, for me to you. It's clear oh, we've not found wait. the answer. Wait. Hmm. Wait, I have an idea. Knowing how oh. fucking riddles work and at one of my old jobs, we used to just say riddles to each other to keep each other busy. Jowish takes his arm, covers up the sentence, only leaving wealth. The door opens. God damn it, motherfucker! <laughs> Jesus Christ! What the fuck? Oh, too good. That's that's brilliant. Honestly, yeah, show that me is, only well. Brilliant. So, well done. Well done. Fuck. <laughs> so simple. It's genius. It's, honestly. Yes, really. That's how riddles do be. As soon as the door opens, immediately to your left is a little pedestal that has 291 copper farthings on it. Let's go split juice. Hmm? Yes. All right. Straight down the middle. The others weren't here. They don't get a split. That that was your money. No, it's not. 94 plus 71 does not equal 291. Yeah, no. It's 145.5. Ah. Do I get 146 because I solved it? Yes, 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 absolutely. <laughs> you know what? Take four more to even out your pile. Oh, sweet. Why, thank you. And as we hear the sound of some stone crumbling, we return to Crew B. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. You got back just in time. I know. Did we find out where the creatures were seen commonly? We asked, but we didn't get any answers. You know you know who would tell you actually now that you're in town is, is Misa. So let's go find Misa. Okay. Misa actually uh, comes to find you. Hello, I was looking for you uh, in the Sky Ion, but uh, it seems you had left. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. We went to the apothecary. You wanted me to show you where the nest of the monsters is. Yeah. I can give you a map of the lands surrounding Brownwood Hollow. That would be amazing. And I can put on this map where the nest of monsters is. Yes, please. Nice. She actually gets out a map, spends a few seconds trying to remember exactly where it was, and then marks a location on it and, and folds it up, hands it to you. I take it and I unfold it, look at it for a second, and fold it back up. This is going to be perfect. You will head um, north out of town. You can follow the lake for a few miles, but then you must departure uh, away from it for another mile or so. There is a, a big hill, and in the side of the hill, there is an entrance of a cave. There had been uh, bandits that had taken up in the cave about a year ago, and we killed them all. But it seems in their absence, something else has taken up residence in the cave. I see. Okay. It is about uh, three miles. Thank you. You are welcome. And Erlen kind of bows his head at her and then starts stepping forward, gesturing for Katya to follow. I'm wondering, in case we can't kill it because we don't have the magic weapons, we do have magic ourselves, but I'm wondering if one hasn't already died somehow. We could find out. Yeah. Let's get moving and see what we can find. And All so right. we follow the map. In this instance, one of you, you may choose, make a hunt check. Do I have any guidance for me? Yeah, let me let me help. I think it's a 1d4. Oh no, luck. You've got luck. Yeah. No, you do. I'm going to use a luck point. Wow. Oh my god. Three and a four. Uh, Fuck. It is a, it is a plus 10. Oh, okay. Three, okay. so 17. Uh, 17, yeah. Thank God uh, so, for your bonus. Yeah. 
You begin moving through the woods, following the tracks on the map. At one point, you do find some large reptilian-looking tracks within about a mile of the cave. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, let's follow them slowly, though, so that if we need to, we can turn slowly. heel and run. Sneaky-like. Yeah, if you would like to sneak, roll finesse. One of you can lead the finessing. I'm good at finessing, so... You can lead... 18. Okay. Very nice. Because I have expertise. Expert ease. You find yourself in a forest glade. The tracks continue through this forest glade. How big are the tracks? Like, are they adult reptilian size or are they child reptilian size? I would say that would take a, a nature check to know that. Let's give it a shot. 23. Compared to most reptiles that you would think of, it is definitely an adult, unless it is the child of a species of reptiles that is extraordinarily large. Katya, do you feel comfortable moving forward, or do you want to stay here and see if we can wait it out? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, we're going to slowly move forward. Yeah. You hear a rustle in the bushes nearby. I immediately stop both of us. Yeah. Like, hand out. Is it a bush that's in the light that we can see? You hear it. You don't see it. Katya, do you think I should try to make a distraction? Because I have an idea. Yeah, I mean, if, if you have an idea, then sure. I use my summoning cantrip to conjure up a small, like, softball-sized rock. And I'm going to throw it far enough away that I'm comfortable with it. Let me roll something. No reaction. Can I aim at the bush? No. The bush is not a the bush is not a creature. I think we should just wait it out. I guess so. All right, let's move on to the other crew. So you guys, you heard the uh, the crumbling of some stone. Uh, in fact, it was a uh, humanoid inside sort of an upstanding coffin that just sort of like pushed the door open and uh, you know began to walk out. Hello. It's a fight. We're fighting. Hello. I'm going to move there, and I'm going to attack it with my Nodachi. Oof. Oh! However, that's plus a six, so it's an eight. Ooh, an eight. Luck points? And I'll just take the fucking raw eight. This humanoid figure whips out a greatsword, and with a two-handed swing, totally deflects your sword out of the way. Yeah. But regardless, I'm going to take Warrior's Challenge. That's fair. You did attack it. Yes. It is challenged warriorly. And then as <laughs> the other part of my action, I'm going to move back here. Great. I go here, okay. and I attack with my spear. 15. Plus? 6. For a total of 21. It beats evasion, but not deflection. All right. Ooh! 6. That's a good one. That's a good one. I will stack on my warrior's challenge onto this. This is what happens when you have two defenders in the party. Yeah, and they both go off together. Both of the defenders. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're just yeah. like, nah. <laughs> yeah. Leaving the other party with no defenders. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. They'll be fine. Yep. Finishing off my movement, I go back here. Is he within reach of you? Because if he goes to attack me and he's within your reach, it provokes a free attack, doesn't oh, it? Oh, is that true? Uh, it depends. In this case, the Draugr is wielding a weapon with equivalent reach to yours. Makes sense, makes sense. Ah, so we're all evenly matched. It's a Mexican standoff, <laughs> right. I see. 
On the Draugr's turn, it is going to, as a free action, make a single step. One of its actions is going to be a preparation action, and I don't actually have to reveal to you what the trigger of it is. And the other action is going to be the barrier action. It will uh. give all attacks against the Draugr disfavor, and for this turn, it has disfavor on attack rolls. Well, it already has those because of the Warrior's Challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So isn't it double disfavor? Well, it's not a thing. Okay, I shoot a bolt through the center of the bush. You fire a bolt into the bush, uh -huh. and that's all that happens. Ah, uh, fuck it. What are you doing? I approach the bush. Before you yeah. move, uh, since okay. you did fire into the bush, uh, this creature yeah. is definitely aware that you're here. So let's just hop into initiative order. It actually has better initiative than either of you. So, uh, yeah, we'll start with its turn. Here it is. It jumps out of the bushes and attacks you. Fideen. What do you say? That, that hits my evasion, yeah? Okay, that's going to deal poise damage. Six of them. Damn. Shit-ass son of a bitch. It is uh, somewhere between the shape of a humanoid and like a, a quadruped, and it has these huge fucking nasty claws. <laughs> oh, damn. As it jumps out of the bush, I assume both of you are looking at it, and from this yeah. point on, you'll have the opportunity to tell me if you wish to do something besides this. But as you look in it, you do catch a glimpse of its eyes, and I need both of you to make a fortitude save. Damn. Not bad. 20 for mine. Yeah, you're doing great. Not 20 for me. From now on, uh, Phoenix, Arolyn does not need to save against this ability for the rest of the encounter. Thank you. As a quick action, then, it's going to move back into the bush, giving it some cover. I'm going to quick aim. Mm -hmm. I'm going to shoot it. Okay, so you attack with favor, and just on my end, the cover is increasing the evasion. Uh, 13. 13 is going to miss, unfortunately. Uh, not entirely surprising if you really think about it. You fire into the bushes and don't hit anything. Okay, I'm going to quick move. Right back there. <laughs> right behind Erilyn. And then I am going to put down a totem. So I roll a d6 and we figure out which totem we get. Three. Evasiveness. All allies within six squares of the totem increase their evasion by two. <gasps> nice. Uh, I would like the totem to be right next to me, right underneath Katya. I'm going to As a reaction, the driver is going to attack you. It's going to true strike. I'm going to use my reaction to parry. With disfavor, the lower roll was a 17 on the die. And so with true strike, that's going to be a 28. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, so Perry gives you, you add whatever you roll to your armor. Uh, so you add three to your armor. This is a slashing attack, and your slashing defense is normally four. But for this yeah. attack, because of the parry, it is seven. Yes. Uh, I could beat a seven, but it's not very likely. Let's, let's see how this goes. Five. Sweet. So you take five points of poise damage. Oh, All right. And back to you, Josh. I stole right. your thunder with my reaction. Yes. But now <laughs> I am going to do a power attack on it. It used the barrier action, so you are going to have to use... Uh, you're going to have to attack with uh, disfavor. 
What shit rolls? So that's 12. No, that doesn't beat evasion. Now do you want to do it? Fuck it. I only have yeah? one. I would actually uh, advise you not to use your luck point on a disfavor roll because the chances that you'll get a bad oh, roll again that are is true. pretty high. Yeah, so. yeah, that is. Yeah, I won't. So yeah, it's just a 12. Uh, you miss. You know what? For my first action, I will... Which one is it? Which one is it? I will use my magic foci to cast Arcane Bludgeon. Okay. I will roll <laughs> an arcane attack. Okay. Let's see how good... Natural 20! On a, a nat 20 always automatically deals damage, so... Hell Here yes. we go. Yeah, your arcane bludgeon just, like, smashes into this guy, <laughs> and you hear some some crack snap, snapple and pops going on. Okay, so that was my first action. The next one, I'll take a free step forward. Let's see how good his will is. I will cast Mirthful Laughter. Laugh Must me, make skelly a bones, bitch. DC 15. I got a three. Yes! <laughs> he has a minus two penalty on saves and attack rolls. At the start of each of their turn, you can make the will save again. Okay. Let me see if I can do a good creepy laugh. <laughs> a decent try. Then uh, next is the Draugar's turn. Well... Okay, they're going to risk it. Uh, Josh, the Draugr is moving <laughs> through your reach, so it provokes a free attack, if you want to use your reaction for that. Nat 20, let's go! Dang! Oh, <laughs> oh natural 20! <laughs> okay, that's two points of damage on it. Holy uh, shit! With yeah. that deep <laughs> gash from the Nodachi. You would say, if you were to size it up, it's at like half health, probably. Oh, fuck yeah. All right. So it moved over here, and then it's going to attack you with disfavor because of Baronon's challenge. But I'm sure you can sense the strategy it is trying to employ. Oh, man. I got a nat 20, but it's disfavor. <laughs> Minus two as well. Okay, so ends up at 19. Beats my evasion of 15, so yeah. All right. It's going to deal you some poise damage. Yes. Four. It emerges here, Katya, and uh, looks at you. It was not okay. indicated to me that you would not be looking towards it, so go ahead and make a, another save against this uh, effect. Twelve. So this one has multiple effects depending on how much you fail by. Uh, the, the difficulty is 15, so you, you failed by only three. And in that case, uh, you become restrained until... Uh-oh. The end of your next turn is when that lasts until. It's actually an action to activate that, so that is the end of its turn. Does that mean my move is zero, move speed is zero? It that is what that means. In addition to being flat-footed. Okay. It does it does a lot of things actually. It's it's not a very good condition to have, but you know it's it's better than the alternative. I can't make the attack action. Yeah, dog. You can try uh, use an action to try to escape it. Yeah, can I try to escape? Yeah, dog. Okay. What does that entail? Might is what it would be. A might check? Lift, actually, is the skill. Oh. Uh, when it looks at you, uh, you notice yourself suddenly just, like, stunned and frozen well, in place. 
I got a 20. Uh, you reach down inside of yourself to find some <laughs> inner strength and you force your muscles to begin moving again. And you think that you are at the moment free of the effect. So what would you like to do with your other action? Cast blessing on us. Oh, I'd do that. Mm -hmm. Ah, yeah. Mm. You don't have to roll for I'd that. It's just a what? plus a d4 on attacks and saves yeah. for a minute. I, I use my magic wand and cast blessing on us. Nice. Yeah, that's a good And then one. I, I turn to Aralyn and I say, get your beast to grab that thing. You got it. Bless targets three creatures, right? Can I bless the land beast? You can. You can bless okay, sure. the beast, Aralyn, and yourself. All right. Sick. I'm going to enter the same uh, cycle that I was in last time that I mm -hmm. found really worked. Use one of my actions to just command my beast to do two things. One of those things is to move up towards the basilisk. And then its natural weapon is its bite. So I'm assuming that if I command it to like grapple, it would use its mouth to do that? Probably, yeah. I'm going to command it to do that. Okay lift check and that will oppose a check that i will make uh using the basilisks that block 10 although i would like to use one of my luck points yeah i had five so now it's down to four so i'd like to use one of my luck points to try that again okay Nat 20. <laughs> yeah, a nat 20 will do it. <laughs> so what happens is... So what happened? What, um, the basilisk gains the grappled condition, and the land beast gains the grappling condition. Does it make it flat-footed? Yeah, it does. How did you do that? <laughs> you, you can assume that if a creature has a named condition, it probably induces flat-footed Okay. In fact, the grappling condition is one of the few, maybe the only condition that is an exception to that. I would like to cast Flash. Cast so Flash. Mm. My target needs to make a will save. Okay. 12. I think mine is a 15. Then uh, go ahead and roll your die. Four. Uh, so here's what you discover about the Basilisk. On a four, the Flash spell is not able to damage it. Mm. Okay. Good it to is, know. in fact, I... uh, resistant to holy attacks and damage. I see. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. I'm about to power attack this bastard. Oh, yeah, do it. Get him. Oof, it's a 15. Oh, oh 15? Yeah. That beats evasion. Yes. So then I roll twice. You deal two dice of poise damage, yeah. Eight. Eight, okay. So it had five poise. We'll compare the remainder of three to its slashing defense, four. <sighs> okay, so you got it down to zero poise, which means it's flat-footed, but you didn't quite deal damage also on that attack. It's fine. You've opened it up for me. Yes. All right. Quick action. I move two squares. Second quick action. I will move my arcane cudgel <sighs> directly to him. All right. And strike with it. Yes. Ah, that's not that good. That's a 10. Ah, not going to do it. He gets out the way. Why not? Eldritch Bolt. <laughs> All right. Make that's a will a, save. He gets a minus two on these also from the mirthful laughter. He's that still laughing. very true. Yeah. This time I got a six. Yeah, no. One D4. Ooh. Ooh. If this beats his will defense... They take one will damage. One! <laughs> Unfortunately not. Ah, fuck. All right, that make a will save at the yeah. start of your turn. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Seven. Nope. Uh, as a quick move, it can get out of Joush's reach and... Uh, Does he provoke an opportunity attack from me? No. To okay. move through your reach, it has to be moving on adjacent squares. Okay, that's fair. It's going to move over here and swing around this pillar at Baranon. Going to make a true strike. That was a nat one, so no amount of true, <laughs> true striking will improve that. So that's a miss. Will use one of its actions to try to escape from your beast. 21. The basilisk does not manage to get away, and in frustration, nice. it attacks your beast. <gasps> no! Uh, let me see how this condition affects its attacking. Minus four penalty to attack rolls. Very well. Good roll. Uh, 20. Its, it's deflection is 17. Mm. And what is its slashing armor? Two slashing. I rolled a five. So your beast takes damage as the basilisk slashes no. it. Oh. Okay, I'm going to aim. <gasps> And I shoot it, and I assassinate. Very well. So it's flat-footed, and I have favor. Mm -hmm. 19, 21. You beat deflection. <gasps> Ooh. All right. I'm going to define smite. Nine. Oh, not, yeah, nine will do it. Yeah. Good on you. Uh, yeah, so uh, you damage the basilisk, and some of its green blood oozes out. Gross. I would like my land beast to keep holding on to the basilisk, so do I need to roll for that? Nope. Okay. The land beast could attack, though, right? While it's grappled, can it do that? It can, indeed. Okay. Yeah, I'll command it and give it a shot. Unnatural 20. Oh, wait. Blessed. It's also blessed. 21. One. So it's basically grappling the basilisk with its mouth at just, like tries to sink its teeth in a little harder. Doesn't seriously wound the basilisk, but it takes away some of its poise. One okay, to be that's exact. better than nothing. Another action. What do you got? What do you got for me, Mr. Lunar Guard? A lot of things, probably. Now I would like to use Earthen Touch for its uh, intended purpose. Ah. So now it needs to roll a fortitude save. How fortitudinous is it? I rolled a 17. I'm not sure if this condition... Nope, doesn't have an effect on uh, fortitude saves. Damn it. Okay, so no, because it, it has to be at a 15. So you can tell the basilisk, it was able to not be affected by the spell. You don't know whether or not it is resistant to earth attacks. Yeah. May I ask, what is the form of your land beast? I, my first thought was a lion. Yeah, like, that's cool. The flying beast is a hawk. There's a, a species of lions in Grokvale called the gray lion. They're very big, very strong. Do they still have the giant mane? Yeah, they do. Then that's what this is. Move in! I'm going to move here, and I'm going to power attack it again. I think if you move, you can't power attack because it takes both your actions oh, to Oh, wait, do yeah, you're right. All right, well, I'm just going to move and then attack it normally. All right. 18. That definitely beats its evasion, but it doesn't have any poise left, so actually you have a chance to deal damage here. So I rolled. Yeah, roll your weapon die. Four. Four is not going to do it, unfortunately. Yeah, that matches oh, it. Oh, no! That matches it. No! So as a quick action, then, he's going to go, boop, move back here. Okay. You don't want to box him in? All right. I'm going to free move here. I've got it out. Let's do arcane bludgeon. Come on, baby. God damn it. Fuck it. We're nearing the end. I'm going to use a luck point. Yes! <laughs> Yeah! 23! Oh, let's go. That'll do it. 
Eight. Eight. Holy shit. Yeah, you smash Hell him again yeah. with the arcane bludgeon, and that deals damage to him. All right, Eldridge Bolt. Let's get it. Well, first, I, I do get to make a will save, but if I fail the will yeah. save, it, it deals him damage, and he dies. All right, there you go. Are you ready to see what <laughs> Here I we roll? Go. Yes. Let's fucking do this. Come if on. the roll is a fail, then you guys win the encounter, and if the roll is a success, then it continues another round. Yes. Are you horny for it? Do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking, <laughs> I am fucking full step. Here we go. I am at attention. Here we go. Three. <laughs> yeah. yeah! Yeah, you Eldritch bolt him, the bolt goes through his chest, and he looks at you, and he nods deeply in respect, and then falls to the ground and stops moving. I give a give a little flourish and a bow to him, and then I do a little dance, like, oh yes, hell yes, what an exciting time. And if it wasn't obvious before, it is obvious to you now. There is something rather special about that greatsword he was wheeling. Uh, now let's move on to the other group. Oh. I was going to say, no. Josh goes to inspect it. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, fuck off. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're going to start off with a lift contest to see if the Basilisk can break free of your gray lion. 24. No. <laughs> Second action, frustratedly attack your land beast again. 16. Beats evasion, not deflection. Two points of poise damage for your beast. Okay. <laughs> that, that land beast is doing some work in this fight, man. I love the conjuring. I love conjuring things, and I love it so much. It's good shit. I'm going to quick aim and shoot and assassinate yeah. the basilisk. Do it again. Let's go. All right. 24. Yeah. 28. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Divine Smite for a sick. That'll do it. All right. Another damage. The Basilisk is looking pretty bad off. It's nice. pretty wounded at this point. Okay. Carolyn, what's good? Yeah, what's good? I'm going to have my little mans try to attack the Basilisk again. All right. That's one. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, the, the you know, the Grey Lion is going to finish off the Basilisk. What is it, what's it look like? Oh! Fuck yes. Oh, shit. Okay, so the Grey Lion looks up at Aralyn waiting for a command, and Aralyn gives this kind of affirmative hand sign that isn't a thumbs up, it isn't anything normal. It's this really amazing, like, affirmative hand sign. And the Grey Lion steadies itself in the ground, loosens its jaw a little bit, and slams its teeth into the basilisk as hard as it possibly can, then rips its head back, tearing out the entire chunk of what it was just holding onto with a, like vital organs or something in it, like some nerve that if struck would kill it, like the Achilles heel. And yeah. it then drops like the chunk of basilisk out of its mouth, trots over to Aralyn, and then sits on his foot. Yeah. Just look, look what I did. All right, let's collect that. Y yeah. On the ground within the realm of your torchlight is the body of a freshly slain basilisk. Exactly what you set out for. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Vitamin Dice. If you want updates about episodes and pictures of the party's pets, follow our Instagram. If you want to support the show, join our Patreon. There are levels for as little as $1 per month. We don't pay to advertise the show in any way, so we rely entirely on listeners like you to tell people about the show. So go tell people! Please? If you have a podcast or something else you might like us to shout out, please let us know. 
You can email us at v-y-t-a-m-i-n-d-i-c-e at gmail.com. Feel free to send us questions or comments about the show. We would love to hear from you, and we would love to hear all those juicy questions you must have. And as always, 9 out of 10 doctors recommend a daily dose of vitamin D, and the D stands for dice.